Repeat out loud um, after me, would you please? God will meet me right where I am. Let's do that again. Say it again. God will meet me right where I am. I, I, that's the series we're kicking off today, and I'm, I'm so excited about this. Because oftentimes in our journey, we, we think that God is way out there somewhere. Uh, and we think that to really connect with God, we've got we've to go to some mountain, or we've got to go to some cathedral, or we've got to find some holy place. But here's the amazing thing about our God. Wherever you are, he's right there in the middle of whatever it is you're going through. And like, like I said in my prayer, you, you, you may be a long way from God. You may, he may be the furthest thing from your mind, but I promise you, he is right there, right where you are. And in this series, as we take this journey together, I'm, I'm, again, I'm just so excited because we're gonna talk about the different places that we sometimes find ourselves, not always such pleasant places, and how our amazing God will meet us right there in the middle of everything we've got going on. You ready to take this journey together? Okay, take your sermon outline out. You can track along with me and take notes or you can doodle to keep yourself awake, whatever works for you today. But I wanna look at a passage of scripture, a story that'll probably be familiar to, to a lot of you, um, but a story that may be new to some of you, but it's just, it's a great story that I think will challenge the best that's in us. By the way, as I read this, be reminded, we have Bibles in the pews in front of you, and those Bibles are our gift to you. If you need a Bible, feel free to take one of those home. If you have a friend who needs one, feel free to take one for them. Uh, re- just take a look because they are in Spanish and in English. Make sure you get the right version. You ready? Look at the story. We're looking at a passage of scripture from Mark chapter four. We'll throw it up on the screen for you. This is from the New Living Translation. As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross over to the other side of the lake. And so they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. And the disciples woke him up shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? And when Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and he said to the waves, Silence, be still. And suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. And then he asked them, here's the question for today. Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And the disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man, they asked each other. Even the winds and the waves obey him. Why are you so afraid? What is it in your life that's capturing your mind, terrifying your heart, and keeping you on edge. Uh, For some of us, it may be uh, this financial dilemma that we're in, and and we have no idea how in the world we're going to get out of it. For some of us, it may be uh, a a, a physical issue that's been going on, and we're we're afraid of what they might discover, or we're afraid of what they might find. For for some of us, it it, it may be a relationship that we're in, and, and we feel like it's falling apart, and we feel helpless to stop it, and our mind is going, I don't know how I can, I can live without this person. For some of you, it may be fears that you have about your children or about your grandchildren. For some of you, you may be walking through a, uh, some, some really difficult times with your parents as they're getting older and, and your hearts are just being filled with fear. Can I share with you something? 
God is going to meet us right here in this fear. When Jesus asked the disciples that question, why are you so afraid? Here's what I want you to notice. Jesus was right there with them on that boat. And here's the good news for us today. God is right here with us in the middle of our fear. Amen? He's right here with us in the middle of whatever it is we're going through. Now, fear, fear can be a really destructive factor in our lives. In fact, when I was camping on this, I thought, you know, at some point I probably just need to do a whole series on, on this idea of not being afraid. Um, you know, there, Jesus has like 125 times in, in the Gospels, Jesus gives these um, kind of commandment kinds of statements or declarations to his disciples, and 21 of them have to do with not being afraid. So fear was something Jesus really wanted us to face and, and overcome, because it can destroy so many things. On your outline, track along with me. Let, me. let me just give you a few of them. One of the things, is fear magnifies our threats. Fear magnifies our threats. And simply put, it means fear seems to make big things bigger. Fear seems to make big things bigger. In fact, if you, if you, you, can, you can get this. If you've ever, how many of you are afraid of doctors? Come on. Or dentists? Yeah, yeah, it's what it's what I say. It's so interesting because my family grew up that way, and and it's, for people who are, it's like when you go to a doctor, you're you're anticipating what they might say, and if the doctor looks in your, you know, looks in and, and just kind of looks at your your charts and stuff, and he goes, hmm, it's like what happens? That anxiety kicking. What do you mean, hmm? You know, what, what what are you saying? What do you say? What what's going on? Well, fear fear is making that big thing bigger. Um, if you've ever been on the job and you've been afraid you're going to lose your job. Yeah, isn't it interesting how you, you, every little piece of, of what you hear starts magnifying that? You know, you hear the company maybe had a tough month last month, and you go, I wonder if I'm going to lose my job. Or, or you, you see the, your supervisor come in and just kind of look at you funny, and you go, I wonder if they're going to fire me. You know, what, what's happening? Fear is magnifying all of that. It has that way of just amplifying or magnifying those, those threats. Fear, believe it or not, too, fear magnifies pain. Fear magnifies pain. Uh, so interesting. Duke University did a study several years ago where um, when they were on the early edge of trying to anticipate how anxiety and fear and, and pain interrelate, and Duke University did this, this study where they took a group of, of test people who just kind of made themselves available to do this study, and with half of them, they told them all that they were going to get shots. They were going to have to get shots. And, uh, and, and half of them, they said, the shot is no big deal. Uh, you're going to come in. You're going you're to get a little pricked. It's no big deal. Uh, and you'll be out in a second. And then we're just going to ask you some questions about your experience. And, and when the people came, when that group came, they had soft music playing. And it was just kind of a nice, relaxing atmosphere. And then they did that. And, you know, they got the shots. And then they did, they did, the, they did the questions. With the second group, they tried to amp up their anxiety. They said, now, we want you to know before you go in here, this shot is really going to hurt. Um, the needle has to go in deep. We're hoping it doesn't scrape the bone, you know, you know kind of you know, telling them things that would just kind of put them on edge. And uh, they said, you know, it, and, and hopefully, you know, some people can't really tolerate it and you can't. That's okay. And, and when they came in, they had this music going on that just kind of made people, you know, people jittery, probably like country music or something, you know, kind of, you know. <laughs> Kind of, kind of did something to them. And, uh, but, but what was funny, when, when they did the survey of the group, they asked them to rate how high their pain was for the shot. That was one of the questions.
emotions. Now, which group do you think indicated that they had a lot higher degree of pain? The second group. Why? Because they were anticipating fear magnified that pain. I just read a study yesterday. It was really interesting because it was talking about how anxiety and fear actually impacts the brain and the part of the brain that is reading what's going on in the body. And part of that is the part that that is is reading the pain, that anxiety actually amplifies that in in our heads. It's the way it is. Fear demoralizes courage. Fear demoralizes courage. How many of you regard yourself as brave people? Come on. Three of us. Yeah, four. How many of you, your courage dissipates if there's a snake? <laughs> or if I love this. Play this video for me, would you? I love this. The praying mantis. you love it? Yeah, this brave person, you know, they're, oh, look at this beautiful little bug. Let me just zoom. Yeah! You know, yeah. What happened with the courage? It went right out the window, baby. You know, fear kicks in and courage goes away. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I was going to use some, I saw some videos on some big guys who, who got afraid of spiders and bugs. That was really funny, but the, their language, we just couldn't play that. That was <laughs> fear paralyzes our response. Fear has this paralytic quality to it. Again, how many of you can, can remember being in a situation where you were so afraid you couldn't move? Anybody ever been there? Yeah, where, you're just, where you're just freezing, you know, you can't, you can't do it? Yeah, fear has that, that kind of paralytic quality to it. It, it freezes our mind, we don't, know what to, we don't know what to think. It freezes our, 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 our movement, we don't, we don't know what to do. Um, I, when I was working on this, I always think about this, this. When I think about fear having this paralytic quality, I always go back in my mind to my growing up years watching monster movies. You know, back when monster movies were really good. You remember this? I mean, before all of the gore and the Chucky with the you know razor blades and all. You know, back when you know back when they didn't show gore, they just scared you to death. You know that that kind of stuff. You remember that? It, you remember my favorite was the Mummy. You remember the Mummy? Yeah, 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 do you, you know, some of, yeah, some of you, this is back in the black and white days, you know, back in, but, but the, the old mummy, the, the old mummy, he was, he's a 5,000-year-old dead guy with a bad leg. Now, how in the world did he catch anybody? Anybody remember how he used to run? Here's how he ran. He would do this. Remember that? You remember that? Now, he's chasing some 25-year-old young lady, you know, who's young and got legs like a deer. Why did he catch her? Why? She was so afraid what would happen. She would get paralyzed. She would fall on the ground and, ah, of course, you know, he had her. It was just the way it was. I mean, you would think that somebody with any athletic ability at all would just dance around the guy going, nah, 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 you know, can't catch me, can't catch me, nope, nope, nope. You know, I mean, you grab hold of a strap, you know, one of the, one of the things to start unwinding him, you know, kind of thing. But fear paralyzes. I guarantee you, right here, watching online, or some of you right now are in situations where you know you need to do something, but you're so frozen with fear, you're not moving. You're not making a decision because fear has you paralyzed. Let me give you one more. Fear erodes our faith. Fear erodes our faith. Now listen very carefully to this. 
Fear will steal your confidence in God and will place it in the thing that you're afraid of. When we're afraid, here's what happens. We either turn toward God or we turn away from God and we focus on the thing that we fear. And the more that we focus on the thing that we fear, the more we allow that to absorb our mind and absorb our life, the, the further away from our confidence in God we grip. But here's the deal. Look at me. It doesn't have to be that way. Fear is actually, think of it this way, fear is like a spiritual fitness center where you can actually develop your muscles of faith. Because it's in those moments of fear that you have a chance to really put confidence in God. Look at me. It doesn't take faith at all when there's nothing to be afraid of. When the disciples in this story, when they were on the boat next to the shore and Jesus was teaching from the boat, they weren't afraid. Why? Because there was nothing to be afraid of. They were right next to the shore. It's in those places where fear comes, that's the time that we have to really develop our faith. I love um, John Ortberg put it this way in one of his books. He said, fear and growth, I love this, go together like macaroni and cheese. (laughs) Never thought of it that way. He said, it's a package deal. The decision to grow always involves a choice between risk and comfort. He said, that means to be a follower of Jesus, this hurts, you must renounce comfort as the ultimate value of your life. Wow, that's huge. That's huge. I wanna wanna give you today, in in the midst of your fear, I I wanna give you some thoughts and some ideas and some encouragement and some, maybe some handles that you can hang on to to see you through your time of fear and to help you understand how and why God is meeting you right where you are. Are you ready? It's going to give you three. I'll give them to you quick. Here's the first one. Believe it or not, God is prepared for what surprises you. God is prepared for what surprises you. Do you know why fear captures us so, so often? Is because it catches us off guard. It startles us. It surprises us. We weren't prepared for that. That's how life happens, isn't it? One day you're just walking along and all of a sudden everything changes. And you're like, how did, how did this happen? I thought everything was okay. And, and it's, that, it's that startled nature that really amplifies that fear. But did you know God is not surprised? God is not startled? Go back in our story for a second. Who was the one that told the disciples, let's get in the boat and go to the other side? Who said that? Who did? Yeah, Jesus. Now, do you think that the one who created the heavens and the earth had any idea there might be a storm? Do you think when Jesus woke up, when they woke him up, do you think he went, I had no idea they were gonna have bad weather today, you know? Yeah. No, 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 he, Jesus was fully prepared for what they're going to deal with. And so he was ready to handle it, look at me, whether they were or not. I, I, when I was thinking about this point, I, I went back in my mind, it's a really funny story. When I was in college, it was when the movie Jaws came out. Remember that? Back in the late 1800s, you remember that? And, um, yeah, some of you will get that about the middle of the afternoon. That'll sneak up on you. But remember, how many of you have seen the movie Jaws? How many of you, honestly, the first time you saw it, it scared you to death? Yeah, I did, I did not, I, I wouldn't even get in a swimming pool for about five years. 
I mean, that movie just freaked me out. And, uh, you know, of course, it's about this killer shark that's getting everybody. And I remember when I went and saw it in college, I, it's just like, you know, just great. And I went back to campus, and I was telling people about the movie, and it was just, man, this is so crazy. Well, the center on our basketball team is a guy named Phil Duncan, who actually may be in church next Sunday, maybe coming up from Texas. But Phil, um, Phil, I was telling Phil, I said, man, have you seen Jaws? He goes, no. And he goes, man, I really want to go. And I said, well, I'll go with you. So we went together to see the movie. And do you remember the scene when Richard Dreyfus is in the water and he's, he's gone, you know, he's, he's scuba diving along this boat and he sees this, you know, he sees this shark tooth in the, you know, stuck in the side. And, he, right, and you, do you remember the music from Jaws? Oh, it just creeped me out. Yeah, dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 dun. And you just knew, oh, he's got he's got and, and then, and then in the movie, you know, there's this head that pops out, and Richard Dreyfus freaks out, and the whole everybody screams. I, I mean, it was when that scene happened. I'm here. I'm in the movie with Phil. I'm not watching the movie. I'm watching Phil. I want to see how this six foot seven, two hundred and sixty pound guy reacts. You know, so he hits there, and it's dun, 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 dun. he feels like ah, you know, and I'm I'm laughing my head off. Oh, do you scream like a girl? Ah, you know, I didn't even tell him. You know, that I, I, I screamed like that the day before when I saw the movie. You know, but but it was so funny. Now, why wasn't I scared? I was at the same movie. It was the same scene. Why wasn't I afraid? I knew what was coming. Now I know for some of you what you're afraid of is taking your breath away. But here's what I can promise you. It hasn't taken God's breath away. He is fully prepared for the things that surprise you. I love how Jesus often tried to prepare his disciples for the things that were coming. Mark chapter 8, as we're getting ready to go to Jerusalem and Jesus is going to be arrested and crucified It says, then Jesus began to tell them that the Son of Man must suffer many terrible things and be rejected by the elders and the leading priests and the teachers of the religious law, that he would be killed, but three days later he would rise from the dead. Jesus was fully prepared, and he's fully prepared for where you are. Let me give you another thought. I don't know if you ever thought about this before, but God actually uses our fears to draw us to himself. God actually uses our fears to draw us to himself. Did you notice again in the story that it wasn't until the storm came and and when everything erupted, all of a sudden the disciples are turning to Jesus. And when I was reading this again, it it reminded me the fact that isn't, isn't that how we often are? Um, it's interesting, I, I've read a couple different commentaries on the story. One, one of the commentators talked about how, how Jesus, they, they gave Jesus this comfortable place in the boat. You know, he had a cushion and he was, he was sleeping, you know, when all this was going on. He was at a very comfortable place. And when I, when I was reading that, it, it hit me, isn't that what we do in our own journey of faith? We try to put God in a kind of comfortable place in our life. Not really daily involved, but just somewhere close and, uh, you know, we just, we, we just want to kind of hang close to God. We just want to know he's right there somewhere. And we give him this comfortable place until fear sets in. And then we do, we'll do one of two things. And when fear sets in, we will either run further away from God or we will turn and run to him. I wrote about that this week in uh, one of my devotionals. I'm writing on uh, Jonah right now. And I was talking about in the belly of the whale and how 
there in that place, that dark place, how Jonah turned to God in his fear. And it reminded me, um, many of you will remember back in 1995 when we had the experience the bombing of the Alpha P. Murrah building. And uh, I remember hearing a woman share her story of, of that event, and she was in a meeting, and then all of a sudden, everything went chaotic, and when she opened her eyes, you know, she was in complete darkness, and she didn't realize that the building had blown up, and that she had been wrapped in a curtain from one of the windows, and she was actually upside down in her office chair, buried beneath this rubble. And she said, all, all she, when, when, when it finally kind of dawned on her what had happened, all of a sudden this panic began to take place. She was upside down in that rubble for nine hours before they got her out. And as she's sharing the story, one of the things she said was, she said, you know, up until that moment in my life, I was very nominal in my faith in God. Um, she goes, you know, I would have considered myself a, a Christian and I went to church once in a while, and I said a prayer once in a while, but, but God and I weren't really very close. She said, do you have any idea how real God becomes when you're buried upside down in an office chair? She said it was that moment when the fear overwhelmed her that she clung to God with everything that she had and she came out of that experience with this renewed commitment that I'm not going to wait till a catastrophe again to be close to God. Now, sometimes, hear me out, sometimes we ask the question, why is God allowing this in my life? Why, why am I going through this? And I, I don't think necessarily it's the cause. But one of the things I can tell you that God is trying to do in the middle of your fear is he's trying to draw close to you. He's trying to draw you to himself. If you will draw close to God, what happens? God will draw close to you. I love how Eugene Peterson said this in, in the message in Isaiah 43. He says, don't be afraid. I've redeemed you. I've called your name and you're mine. When you're in over your head, I will be there with you. When you're in rough waters, you will not go down. Read it out loud with me now. When you're between a rock and a hard place, it won't be a dead end because I am God, your personal God, the holy of Israel, your Savior. I don't know what you're going through, but this I can tell you, God is not only near, he's trying to draw you closer to himself. Let me give you one last thought. God reveals himself to us in our places of fear. God reveals himself to us. Don't you find it interesting that these disciples who left everything to follow Jesus, been with him for a while now, that when all of this happened, do you remember what they said out loud? Who is this man? Who is this man? Look at me, don't miss this. Why did they say that? Because they really didn't know who he was. They understood a little bit about him. They knew this much about him. But it was in that time of fear when Jesus reveals himself. That, that's when they saw him in a much bigger way. Does, this, does that make sense to you? 
Look at the passage of Scripture from Isaiah 41. I love what the Lord says. The Lord says, read it with me. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. A couple thoughts to give you. It's in our fear that God reveals his character. It's in our fear that God reveals his character. It's in, it's in that moment when it seems that all is lost, that's when we discover he truly will never leave us or forsake us. Look at me. Please don't miss this. Our God is faithful. And that's what the disciples discovered that day. He is faithful. He is right there with them, and he will never abandon them in their, in their time of need. Second thing that God reveals is that in our fears, God reveals his power. God reveals his power. It's in those moments when we're, when we're just so caught up in fear about our, our health and we find that our God really is Jehovah Rapha, our healer, and he can heal what we're going through. That's when we discover his power. Or it's in that time of need when, when, when we have no idea how we're gonna make it through this financial dilemma and somehow, mysteriously, miraculously, God provides and we discover he really is Jehovah Jireh, our provider. That's why the disciples were looking. You know what they discovered? They discovered that he can control the wind and the waves. The God who created all of this, there is nothing that he can't do. And you know when you discover that? When you're neck deep in fear and God flexes his muscles and shows you exactly who he is. Can I give you one more? It's in our fears that God reveals his compassion. It's in our fears that God reveals our compassion. We discover in the midst of our fear how truly much our God really does love us. As Psalm 103 says, he is compassionate toward us like a father toward his children. In our fear, we need to ask two questions. What do I believe God can do? And what do I believe about how God feels about me? Look at me. What do you believe God can do? And what do you really think about how he feels about you? Because those two beliefs will frame whether you lean into fear or whether you lean into faith. Max Licato, in his book, Fearless, told a great story. He said, when I, was, when I was six years old, my dad let me stay up with the rest of the family to watch the movie, The Wolfman. <laughs> he said, boy, did he regret that decision. <laughs> He said, the film left me convinced that the wolfman spent every night prowling around in our den, awaiting his preferred meal of a first-grade, red-headed, freckled-faced boy. My fear proved a bit problematic, because to reach the kitchen from my bedroom, I had to pass through that den and precariously close to his claws and fangs, something I really didn't want to do. More than once, I retreated to my father's bedroom and awoke him, like Jesus in the boat. Dad was sound asleep in the storm. 
how can a person sleep at a time like this? Opening a, a, a sleepy eye, he would say, now why are you afraid? And I would remind him of the monster. Oh yes, the wolf man, he would grumble. He would then climb out of his bed, arm himself with superhuman courage, escort me through the valley of the shadow of death, pour me a glass of milk, and I would there, I would look at him with awe and wonder and wonder this, what kind of man is this? I can answer that question. He's a father who loves you. He's a father who won't leave you in the middle of your fear. He is a father who is right there for you in all that you're going through. I want to give you just a couple of moments to maybe just to give your fears over to God. I don't know what you're dealing with. I don't know what you're facing. And I'm certainly not going to minimize the, the trauma or the pain. But I do want to assure you, your father is prepared for what may have surprised you. And whether or not you can sense him, he is right here for you. And so during these next few moments, Rachel's going to lead us in one of my favorite songs. It says, draw me close to you. Draw near to God, God will draw close to you. And as she leads us in that, I, I just wanted you to just have a few moments just to lean into God with your fears. And there's a couple of things you can do, whatever, whatever will help you. One, right where you are, sitting there in this time of worship, you can just whisper a quiet prayer. And there you can just release those fears to God. But for some of you, you may want to reach out and just grab one of those prayer cards. And you may just want to write your fear on that card. And you can do it anonymously. You don't have to sign your name, but you can just write your fear on that card. And you can hang it on a prayer wall or you can lay it here, lay it here on the altar, whatever you want to do. There may, there may be some of you who just kind of want just a defining moment with God. Some of you may just want to slip out. And while we're singing this song, you may just want to kneel at an altar or take a moment to stand before God. But today... Don't hold on to that fear. Today, release that fear to the one who is in charge. The one, I promise you, who is greater than whatever storm you're going through. Look at me. The wind and the waves still obey him. Amen. Father, that's our prayer today, that we would know that you are near. Lord, even though theologically we understand that, that you are everywhere, ever-present. But sometimes, Lord, in our heart of hearts, we forget that. And it feels like we're walking through the circumstances of life all by ourselves. And that's when we need to stop and not allow our fears to control us or overtake us. But we need to just pause and be reminded of who you are and how much you really do love and care about us. You promised that you would never leave us or forsake us. And certainly as a good father, you would never do it when our hearts are filled with fear. So Father, right now, I pray for any one of your children who are crying out to you. You know what they're going through. Lord, some of them are worried about health issues. Some are worried about finances. Some are worried about relationships. 
Some are concerned about their kids. Some are concerned about their parents. Lord, you know the fears that are, have a way of overtaking our lives. But today, Father, we lay them all right here at your feet. You are still the God of the wind and the waves. You are still greater than any storm that we may pass through. And so today, Lord, as you draw near, we release these fears to you. We thank you today for the comfort and the peace that only you can bring through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And it's in his precious name that we pray. And everyone said, amen, amen.